0: Love it. I'm so excited to be with you. I want you to know I miss you terribly, just terribly, but I am so grateful for the opportunity to be able to come together online to share the Word of God. If you have your notes, would you be turning to them? Our message will be coming out of Philippians chapter 1. We'll do a quick overview of Philippians chapter 1, but I entitled the lesson, A Timely and Encouraging Message. I have intended titled it, How to Cope with Cabin Fever. Because, beloved, I believe if you are anything like me, you're getting tired of being at home. You're being tired of being restricted. You're being tired of not being able to see your family. We have restricted ourselves, Mr. Stockdale and I, from seeing our children and our grandchildren because we feel like that's the best thing to do, the wise decision. We've done several drive by so we could at least lay eyes on them. And we've done FaceTime With them, but I've just got to tell you every time I see them, whether it's by drive by as we drive past their home or on FaceTime, this great melancholy comes over me. I realize how much I am missing them. And I feel the same with my family of faith. We have been on Zoom calls and connecting online and phone calls and FaceTime and all of that, but beloved, it's not the same. And oh, how we long for the day when we will be able to gather together together instead of gathering together apart as we are doing now. But oh, how grateful we are, how much we praise the Lord for the ability to connect online. And I do want to thank all of the media staff here at Bellevue and for Dana uh, in the women's ministry staff here at Bellevue Women for all they are doing to keep us connected. It's not the same but it is something. And so I welcome you in today, and I pray that somehow through this message your heart will be encouraged, you will be edified, you will be blessed, you will be inspired to press on in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, without a doubt, living in unprecedented days. Beloved, I never dreamed in my lifetime that something like this, of this magnitude, would ever happen that would keep us separated and certainly not separated from our faith family and our own immediate family. Keeping our spiritual equilibrium during these days is incredibly challenging as this virus has intruded into our way of living, reorchestrating our routines, restricting our movements and recreating a new normal. In fact, a new vocabulary has come into our language. We're using phrases like pandemic and social distancing and self quarantine We're using gloves and masks when we go out and hand sanitizer by the gallons to uh, make sure that we're doing all that we can to stay safe and to keep others safe as well. And yet, beloved, just eight or nine weeks ago, none of this was on our horizon. We never dreamed that this is what the Lord had for us. So how, beloved, are we going to navigate these incredible days as we walk with the Lord? through self-quarantining, through a pandemic, through all that that entails. It's incredible, but so many moms and dads have moved their offices at home, disrupting the family's uh, normal rhythm. In many cases, mamas have suddenly become the primary educator of their children. And while that is a new experience for many of them, the challenges that are coming along with that, as many of them have multiple children in multiple levels of education, some with babies and toddlers at home, And that is causing such stress and anxiety to say nothing of mamas trying to figure out this whole common core math that frankly doesn't seem to make sense to any of us who learned math back in the day you carried one. You know what I mean? And yet, we are called to a new kind of living. There are homeschool moms who at least are familiar with educating their children, but they're not faring uh, well either. They're cut off from their homeschool community and group activities. And on top of that, we have working mamas who are now working from home, teaching their children all the while cooking and cleaning, trying to maintain their household. These are unprecedented days. Family life has been completely uh, disrupted. There are some benefits of many on Facebook, and other social media platforms are talking about how they're beginning to have family meals again. And without the uh, uh, stress of the schedule of sports and school and activities and so on, they're able to sit down, grab and go meals have become a thing of the past and they're sitting down together at mealtime, which is a wonderful blessing. But then the snacking that's going on 15 times a day, it seems these little ones are begging for snacks. Snacking has become a whole new way of living. and what about about going to church. Beloved, I've told you before, since the time Mr. Stockdale and I came to faith, which has been over 40 years ago, we came to faith at Bellevue Baptist Church under the ministry of Adrian Rogers. At, as young marrieds, we bowed the knee and we received the Lord Jesus Christ individually as our Lord and Savior. And from that time, church attendance, the assembling of ourselves together has just simply been a part of the ebb and flow of our Christian life. In fact, we've missed more church attendance in these last few months than we have probably the entire time we walked with the Lord. And while I must say there's uh, some comfort in being able to go to church online, to watch church online, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. And yet how grateful we are, we can at least connect Although most of us are watching church in our pajamas, sitting in our recliners, and this whole thing, this whole pandemic has introduced a whole new term to us, we have now our daytime pajamas and our nighttime pajamas. Sometimes it's hard to know which it is we're to be changing into. And don't even get me started about hair and nails. I have cut Mr. Stockdale's hair and I told him I was concerned about messing it up. And he said, baby, who's going to see me? What difference does it make? I asked him if he thought he might possibly be able to do my nails. And he pondered the response for a very, very long time. And finally he said, would it be possible for me to use painters tape? To do your nails, beloved, we are living in unbelievable times. One day is morphing into the next, time seems to be standing still. It's hard to remember what day it is much less the date. And many of us are suffering from cabin fever. And I want to talk to you about how we are able to thrive during this season, not just survive, not just tolerate it, but how you and I as believers can respond in such a way, beloved, that we can grow in our faith, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Beloved, I want you to be looking with me now in the letter, The book of Philippians, this is Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. And he wrote this, we believe, while he was under house arrest in Rome. At the end of Acts, it speaks of Paul's house arrest that lasted two years in rented quarters. During that time, he was chained to a Roman guard, but he was able to have visitors. And so he continued his ministry, teaching and preaching and sharing the word of God. And going on to write about joy. It's incredible, but Paul mentions joy throughout this letter, despite the fact that he is in prison and I felt like it was just appropriate that we might look into this letter to lift some of the principles that the apostle Paul used that we might use them as well during our time of quarantine but during the course of this short little letter just a few chapters Paul mentions the word joy or some form of it 19 times and it's incredible but if you read through the whole book and I would encourage you to do that There's not one mention of him asking for anyone to help procure his release. And most of the letter, apart from just a little bit of correction, most of it's a letter of encouragement and blessing. Most of it's a letter of celebration for what we have in Jesus Christ. Paul's letter is full of joy, unbridled, outlandish, unspeakable joy. And beloved, that's what we need a heavy dose of, amen? We need the joy of the Lord to be our strength. So if you'll look with me, In what I call the benefits of believers in Philippians chapter 1, verse 2, Paul writes this Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Drop down now to verse 12. He says, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ, that is, he was in jail for preaching Christ, my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well-known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and everyone else, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Look down in verse, um, or look again, I'm sorry, in verse 15. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ. Some to be sure are preaching Christ, even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ at a selfish ambition, rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me even more distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in this, there's our word, I Rejoice. I rejoice. It is incredible. He starts the letter with two benefits that are ours in Christ Jesus: grace and peace. Grace is God's unmerited favor, and He has extended us grace. By grace we have been saved. In fact, He has flooded us with grace. Not only do we have the grace of God, we have peace with God, and therefore we experience the peace of God regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in beloved Meditate on the untold riches that are ours in Christ Jesus. Here Paul mentions only two, grace and peace. These are available to believers. Those outside the faith, those outside a personal relationship with Christ can know nothing of the peace of God or the grace of God. They're invited to come to Christ, but beloved, it is one of the, or two of the benefits of being a believer in Jesus Christ. And Paul opens and closes this very short letter with the themes of grace And peace, and in between these bookends, he writes repeatedly of the joy that Jesus provides. He was in chain, but the gospel was not. The Roman government had seized him, thinking that they would do damage to his ministry. But he continued to preach the word, and many came to Christ, and many were encouraged and discipled during that time. And not only that, the incredible thing was that he had such an impactful ministry that the Praetorian, Guard, Praetorian guards, of which a commentary said there were probably about 9,000 men in that company, and they were sort of the elite of Caesar, and it's incredible that these men guarding Paul in 12-hour shifts chained to Paul, thinking Paul was their prisoner, indeed God and his sovereignty in a twist of incredible divine irony they became Paul's captives and in 12-hour shifts they heard him preach and proclaim and pray and share the gospel they met many who were coming to sit under Paul's uh, great teaching and and share in his knowledge they saw many come to Christ and it is an incredible thing but many fell under the spell of God's servant captivated by Paul's unstoppable faith, unruffled peace, and his unquenchable joy despite the difficult circumstances that he was in. Oh beloved, Paul leveraged his suffering for the cause of Christ. Now this is not the same thing as exploiting the crisis or the difficult circumstances for personal gain rather Paul leveraged his suffering to expand and extend the kingdom of God and I want to encourage you during these days beloved ask God to help you leverage this suffering that we are in this crisis that we are in so that we might be usable tools in the hand of God to further the kingdom there are untold ways even as we practice all of those measures of self-distancing and so on. There's unbelievable uh, ways that we can share the gospel, that we can share the person of Jesus Christ as we minister and as we serve. Ask the Lord to help you know who it is you need to serve. Beloved, there are many, many, many people suffering at this time in really unprecedented ways. People have uh, been furloughed from their jobs. They've lost their jobs. There's financial stress and stress. Reign. There have been, I was reading that there have been about 56,000 Americans that have died during this time. So there are people grieving and hurting all around us. Leverage this time for the kingdom of God. Look for ways to serve and to minister and to meet needs. That, beloved, is the benefits of being a believer in Jesus Christ grace, peace unspeakable joy, joy with no end, for Christ is the source of our joy. The second thing I want you to see is what I call the birthmark of believers. Our first grandchild was born with a very small birthmark on his hairline on the back of his neck. I have one that is almost identical, and when I saw it, I had to smile because that birthmark connected our DNA and a birthmark of believers, beloved. That is what we have in Christ by birthright is outrageous joy. An unbeliever may know pleasure, may know happiness for a season, but the believer has joy unspeakable even in the midst of difficult times because the Spirit of God dwells within us. John fifteen eleven says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. John 16, 24, Until now. You have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be made full. In Jesus' high priestly prayer, he said to the Father, but now I come to you in these things I speak in the world so they may have my joy, my joy, full in themselves. Beloved. The source of all joy is Jesus, and he indwells us by the power of the Spirit of the living God. Joy is not something we muster up. It springs forth. It is a fruit of the Spirit, love joy peace patience and so on it is a fruit of the spirit it is not a work of the flesh it springs forth from the lord jesus and it spills out and splashes over from the overflow of our devotional love and life in the lord excuse me in the lord jesus christ Paul said, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord. Look with me if you would in chapter three, verse one. Finally, my brethren rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing again. Well, it's no trouble to me and it's a safeguard for you. That word safeguard is a strong tower, a safe place. And beloved, the scripture is full of beautiful, tender passages about how the Lord Jesus Christ cares for us and ministers to us and covers us with his wing and carries us. He is our safeguard. He is our safe place. Psalm 27 says, in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place, he will hide me. That's our Jesus. Beloved, right now, God is still on the throne. Things are not out of control in heaven. And God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit are tenderly ministering to their beloved flock. We are the sheep of his pasture. He is the good shepherd. And he is tending to us, carrying us, and he is hiding us under his wing. He is hiding us in the secret place until the terrible storm Passes through, we can trust in Him. It is the birthmark of believers to have the joy of the Lord. Look with me now again in verse 7 whatever things were gained to me, Paul says, these things I've counted as lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all. Things, All things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish so that I may gain Christ. That I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Beloved, don't you see it? The benefits of being a believer, grace and peace, joy without measure, and that's just to name a few. The birthmark of a believer is unbelievable, unspeakable, unstoppable. Joy in the midst of difficult days and difficult circumstances. The last thing, and I'll be closing with this, is what I call the blessings of believers. Look with me now in chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked an opportunity. And not that I speak from want. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am in. Beloved, nothing places us out of the grasp of the enemy's reach quite like the joy of the Lord. When the joy bells are ringing in our soul, the heart soars to the presence of the Lord seated in heavenly places, and joy flows out of our innermost being. And beloved, the unbelieving world is taking note And really unprecedented numbers of people are praying to receive Jesus Christ. Many are hearing of the Lord through social media platforms, which is some divine irony right there. And many are coming to Christ, and much of it, beloved, much of it, while it involves the work of the Spirit and the work of the Word of God, I tell you, it is supported by the testimony of believers who understand their benefits who live according to their birthmarks and who are enjoying the blessing of being a child of God. Look back with me now in uh, chapter 4 of Philippians. He says, I know how to get along, verse 12, with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens Me, when you and I operate in the will of the Father, we get his strength to serve him and to serve others. Verse 17, not that I speak of the gift itself, that is the church at Philippi had sent him a financial gift to help support him during that time of imprisonment. But I seek the profit for which increases to your account. I have received everything in full and have an abundance In prison, chained to a Roman guard, Paul speaks of the satisfaction of Jesus Christ. The abundance of the Spirit-filled life, I am amply supplied, he said. Having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to the Lord. And my God, verse 19, will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. In Christ Jesus, now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Do you see it? The blessings of being a believer. We can rest totally in the sovereignty of God. Beloved, I don't know what's about to happen. I don't understand this. I cannot perceive of this. I certainly didn't see it coming, but this much I know. I know who I am in Christ, and I know who he is in me, and I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in me, he will perform it. To the day of redemption, that day when I see him face to face, we can rest in him like Paul did. We can trust him like Paul did. The apostle Paul was content. Contentment is learned through experience. I dare say we are all gonna come out of this changed and hopefully much for the better learning those things that are valuable, learning to be appreciative of those things we have, appreciative of those who have served so diligently during this time, truck drivers and um, health care workers and uh, people in every kind of field that have continued to work in order to serve the community. May we learn how to be gracious and grateful. Paul was content In poverty and in prosperity, it didn't matter to him. In prison or in the pulpit, Paul was content. Full or famished, Paul was content. Why? Because he considered God to be in total control of the circumstances of his life. That's why he was able to say, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. When we are walking, beloved, in the power of the Spirit, when we are yielded and surrendered, when we are renewing our minds with the Word of God, when we are dependent upon the Spirit of God, when we are looking to the Lord to fulfill every need that we have, we will find our contentment in him. And when we do, beloved, we will enjoy the benefits of believers. We will relish the birthmark of believers and we will enjoy the blessing of believers. It is my prayer that you and I as we walk through these days will not simply strive just to survive them. But we will become more diligent in the study of the word. We will become more faithful as prayer warriors. We will become more diligent to serve one another. We will become more conscious of God's working in our life and those things he is calling us to. So much imagery is found in the scripture that God will take care of us. I shared with you several weeks ago from Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I told you that it was the role of the shepherd to meet every need the sheep had. It was the role of the sheep to stay near to the shepherd. Oh, how I pray that you are finding yourself during these difficult days like Paul drawing near to the Lord. And he will draw near to you. It's been a number of years back that Craig and I built a home in Fayette County. We decided the Lord seemed to be directing us to leave our home in Cordova. Our boys were 15 and 13, and we owned some land out in Fayette County, and it seemed like the Lord was directing us to uproot us and to move ourselves out to uh, Fayette County, then a totally rural area, very, very rural area. We had some land out there. We had 10 acres, and the Lord was directing us us to relocate out there and Craig and I acted as our own contractors to build the house that we had and I just want to go on record to say I do not recommend that ever 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 the project cost more than we anticipated and it took longer than we anticipated and it was a full-time job for both of us it was such a challenge but finally after seven months we had been in a rental house and we had given notice and we had told them we were going to move out and they were ready to rent it to another family and we were headed out to Fayette County. And yet we discovered that even though there's a deadline, the contractors are not threatened by that at all. And so the closer it got to the time for us to move it seemed the less was being done in the house and it was not ready but we had made a, a, drawn a line in the sand and we had to get out of the place we were renting and so we told them we were going to have to move in whether it's finished or not and it was not. Much of the finishing touches had not been done. On a Saturday after seven months of being in a rental home and having our stuff in storage, our Sunday school class showed up and loaded up trucks and we took a big caravan out there to Fayette County County, and we got all of our stuff put into the house, and that evening on a Saturday evening, we had a celebration dinner together, and all of our friends left us there, and Craig and I went from room to room just praising the Lord and dedicating that house to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we felt so blessed, even though it was not finished and there was much work yet to be done, we just felt so blessed that the Lord had put us in that place, and we celebrated with our boys to be finally in our home in Fayette County, uh, even though Was not finished. Well, uh, that was Saturday night. On Sunday morning, we had plans to get up and drive into Bellevue, uh, a 45-minute drive, but to come into Bellevue and worship together with our faith family here. We laid out our clothes and we had us a game plan so that we could uh, had unpacked just enough to be able to get ready and come into church. And I'll never forget it: waking up and realizing I was in our new home and being so grateful for the Lord and having just a, a a bit of time of worship and praise before I ever even I got out of bed and as I walked towards the kitchen, there was Mr. Stockdale and he is usually so enthusiastic and uh, he had a very serious look on his face and I said, what's the matter? And he said, honey, we've got a leak in the kitchen. And he said, when I got up this morning, water was flooding out into the kitchen floor, it was coming out under the baseboard. I don't know where the leak is, it's somewhere in the wall. He said, I've turned off the water and I've gotten the flow of water stopped and I've used our towels and gotten the floor all wiped up, but I really don't know what to do we decided we would come on into church and worry about that later. We got home and called our plumber, even though it was a Sunday afternoon because of the serious nature of a leak in the house, he offered to come out. And uh, while he was out there, the cabinet maker came out to install the kitchen cabinets. And so the kitchen cabinets had been put in and uh, this the plumber began looking for the leak. And he finally said, guys, the only way we're gonna find the leak is if we pull out all of the kitchen cabinets and we just begin to break holes into the wall until we can finally trace down the place where it is leaking and uh, so we didn't think that sounded like a good idea but it was the only solution we believed and so uh, we unfastened uh, all the cabinets and pulled them out into the center of the kitchen and that man began to uh, pound holes into uh, a house that we had not even been in 24 hours and uh, big gaping holes but sure enough he was able to find it and it turned out it was a very easy fix basically a joint that had not been completely tightened. He was able to fix it and we all rejoice, and he Said, now you're gonna to have to get the cabinet guy out here to put the cabinets back in but at least we got that stopped and remember how grateful I was and so that afternoon we got ready and came back for Sunday night worship service here at Bellevue and and uh, headed home uh, just rejoicing in all that God had done for us and I'll never forget my boys at that time were 15 and 13 and uh, y'all those boys were eating us at a house and home I've told you this before but there was a season in our life that our grocery bill exceeded our house note and I'm not kidding we would go through seven gallons of milk a week. And honestly, a lot of it, they were drinking right out of the jug. They never owned up to that, but I'm quite certain that they were. And we would go through loaves and loaves of red. And so every time they came in the house, the first thing they would do is go to the refrigerator. We had a side by side and they would open up the refrigerator and freezer and they would just look to see what it was available there to eat. And I'll never forget Dawson spied some ice cream and he pulled it out. And when he pulled the top off, he said, Mom, you know what? I think we've got a problem because the ice cream is soft. And I said, you're kidding. So Craig came in and checked over the freezer and the refrigerator, and he said, I don't think we've got a problem. I think perhaps while uh, we had so many people in the house yesterday, someone perhaps just left it uh, uh, not fully closed. And, And he said, I think we'll close it up tonight, and everything will be fine. My husband is incredibly optimistic. You would think that life in itself would have beaten that out of him, but oh no, he remains incredibly optimistic. And so I joined in his optimism, believing that not when I went to bed, that everything would be fine in the morning. Then Monday morning rolled around. I woke up early, uh, got up ready to uh, face the day, lots to do in the house. I would be teaching Bible study on Tuesday. I had a lot of preparation to do. I went into the kitchen, and there was my husband with a sad face on again. And I said, what in the world's the matter? And he said, oh, darling, you're not going to believe this, but the freezer has gone out. I said, you're kidding. He said, that's not the worst of it. Everything in the freezer is thawed. At that time, we were shopping a lot at Sam's. Costco buying huge bags of meat to uh, feed those meat eaters that we were raising. I had bags and bags of chicken. I had a roast in there. I had a turkey breast in there. I had sacks of pork chops. There was hamburger meat and all of that had thawed. And I said, what are we going to do? And he said, I have got to go to work. I have an appointment this morning that I cannot miss. I have got to go to work. And he said, I'm sorry to leave you with this, but you're gonna have to cook all of that. I said, you've gotta be kidding. We haven't even unpacked the kitchen. I don't know how to work the stove or the oven. I I can't possibly do that. How are we gonna do that? And and what am I gonna do with it when it's all cooked? And he said, well, here's the good news. The old freezer, and it was a very old one that we kept in our um, garage, he said, I plugged it in it just started humming right along so once you get all that cooked you can put it in the freezer but here's the bad news about that he said it turns out while the freezer was in storage it mildewed on the inside so you're gonna have to clean that freezer and cook all of that meat and that's how you're going to have to spend your day and I just was looking at him horrified I said I don't know how I'm gonna do this and I can still see in my mind's eye Mr. Stockdale he put his hands on my shoulder and he said baby if there's a woman who can do this anywhere in the world I believe you're that girl and I thought to myself well maybe I am and so I kissed him goodbye and I settled in unpacking pulling out things trying to get everything uh, set up so I could begin to cook and I found my pots and pans and I got out stew pots I found an electric skillet a crock pot I lined it all up on the counters and began cooking all of that around 10 o'clock the contractors began to come in uh, to finish up the work at our house and I'll never forget that one of them began to hang out in the kitchen and he he said, it sure smells good in here, and I told him about what had happened. He was still hanging out in the kitchen, and I said, I'm sorry, Did did you need something? And he said, yes, I haven't had breakfast. And I said, and you'd like to eat some of this? He said, I sure would. I said, I don't have any plates. Let me see if I can find something. We found some paper plates. He went and gathered all the contractors and invited them to come and eat breakfast with me that morning as I was trying to get all that cooking done. And I just remember thinking to myself, Lord Jesus, this is not going well. This is not the day I had planned. I had planned to study the entire day and prepare for tomorrow, but it appears you have interrupted my day. And Lord, because of that, I'm going to believe you're in the midst of this and I'm going to refuse to lose my joy over any of it. Well, we later discovered that day that as the water had seeped through out of the leak, it had run under the wall into the carpet on the dining room. We did not realize it, but it had run up the sheetrock. The dining room was papered in cranberry paper, and it had pulled the color cranberry out of that wallpaper, and it was spreading out into the carpeting. In the house, we had not been in 24 hours. We had wet carpet, stained carpet, the kitchen in absolute disarray. We had food that was about to spoil that had to be cooked. We had a freezer that had to be Clean. and I've got to tell you it's a God thing but I stood in my kitchen and I declared out loud I am not losing my joy over this I'm not losing my joy over this after what God has done for us after the ways he's shown up in this I am not selling him out well I went throughout the day I'm telling you the joy bells were ringing in my soul there was a song in my heart I knew it was the Lord I couldn't muster that up in a million years I knew it was God, and I knew he was meeting me in that crisis that was unraveling in my home. About 3 o'clock, I drove in to pick up Dawson from school and brought him home, and I told him all about what had happened, and he said, Mom, how did you handle all that? And I was so pleased to give a testimony that God is faithful, son. God is faithful. He has met me at every term. It's not the day I had planned, and yet God showed up. And Dawson, I have not sold him out. I have not sold out my joy. I have had the joy of the Lord as my strength this entire day that was not to brag, but he knew his mama couldn't muster that up. And we celebrated the Lord. I dropped him off about 7 o'clock. I had to drive back in town to pick up Jason after driver's ed. I drove all the way in town praising the Lord. He'd been so good to me. He had sustained me. He'd given me the joy of my salvation. The joy bells were continuing to ring. I picked up Jason. I drove him home, and again, I testified to him, the goodness of the Lord, Our our God is good. Oh, taste and see. He is a good, good Father, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And I was able to testify, this is real. This is real. Not something I've mustered up, this joy. Is the fruit of the Spirit being released in my life? And I tell you, it was splashing out of me onto those boys and onto my husband. We pulled up into our driveway out there in the middle of the country. I can still remember it. The night was just as dark as could be without any city lights around. Beautiful starlit night. And I told Jason, You go on inside. I just want to sit out here for a few more minutes by myself. I just want to talk with the Lord. And I'm telling you, I had me a worship session right there with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I blessed him and praised him and thanked him. He was a good, good father, not because we had a new house, but because he is good and patient and tender and kind. Because I once was a sinner and now I am redeemed. I once was apart from him, and by Christ, he had reconciled me and brought me into the family of faith. I was his, and he was mine, and I just rejoiced in his presence. Oh, and the peace that passes all understanding was just flooding my soul, and I got out of my car, and I slammed the door, and I just stood there and looked up into the skies, and I just began to quote scripture to the Lord, blessing him and praising him. He's a good And I remember as I walked up the steps and opened the door, the first thing I saw there was my husband and he had that look I had seen several times already this weekend. I said, now what? And he said, oh honey, this is probably the final blow. And he took me by the hand and he led me in there to the dining room and it was full of boxes and all over those boxes and that wet carpet were big bunnies of pink insulation. Big fluff balls everywhere. And I said, oh, honey, what, what happened? And he said, well, after you were gone, Dawson and I got up in the attic. We were going to try to set some boxes up there and get it out of your way. And he said, you're not going to believe this, but Dawson stepped through the attic, through the ceiling. And I looked up, and there in my dining room, in a house I hadn't even been in three days, was a huge, gaping Hole in the ceiling of the dining room And insulation was still just tumbling down Thankfully Dawson was not hurt And I can still remember the look on Mr. Stockdale's face Because he believed this would be the thing That would push me over the edge And he began to back up just a little bit Like he was saying watch it now she's about to blow And I looked at him and I said you know what You know what I am not going to lose my joy not over anything in this house, not over anything in this life after what Christ has done for us, Craig. He has redeemed us out of the kingdom of darkness. He has set us into the kingdom of light. He has given his life for me and I intend to give my life for him in return. I'm gonna serve him all the days of my life and I tell you, I will not lose my joy over this. And beloved, I'm here to declare to you Yes, we are living in difficult days. Yes, we are suffering from cabin fever. And some are suffering far worse for loss of loved ones through this virus and not even able to have funerals, to grieve together as a family. Weddings have been interrupted, and couples are having to decide whether to get married with just 10 people or to postpone their wedding. Graduations, senior prom, all sorts of things have been disrupted. But I don't want to make light of it. I know this is a very serious time. But I am here with a message burning in my bones to tell you the joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, I got to tell you, I miss y'all. I miss you terribly. And I've just been pondering the day when we can finally come back together as our faith family. What a day that will be. But, beloved, that has caused me to reflect on that day when we're all gathered home. And as I think about seeing Jesus face to face, as I ponder what it will be like when we're all gathered together, when we're all there with the Lord Jesus Christ, worshiping and praising him, I am reminded this is not our home. We are pilgrims passing through. John says, he who has this hope in you purifies his life. So would you be encouraged today from the letter to the Philippians that the benefits of believers are grace and peace and joy and love, eternal life, and on and on it goes. The birthmark of believers is joy unspeakable, and the blessing of believers is that we can rest In him, in him alone, may we walk with the Lord Jesus Christ as the fragrant aroma and acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Lord, hasten the day when we're all together as our faith family. And until that time, Lord, may we be faithfully leveraging this day for that day. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, how we love you and we bless you and praise you. Father, thank you so much for your word. It changes not. And how it anoints us, how it blesses us, how it washes over us to remind us the joy of the Lord is ours without measure, without end. For Christ, the source of all joy, dwells within us. And Father, may we be used as your people to serve others that we might share Jesus Christ in these incredible days. Would you bless all of those who are hearing this message, Father, and those who will watch later, and may the joy of the Lord begin to so permeate their being, their conscious minds, that you will set the joy bell of our souls to ring, that we might be reminded the joy of the Lord is our strength. In your sweet name we pray.